Welcome back to the Batflip Bombs podcast. Season's rolling, everything's starting, and we're starting to see some storylines come up, and, and the year's starting to get going on a, on a good note. A um, lot of excitement. College baseball is headed in a great direction, as always. Um, we have some things that are changing, new teams, new faces. I figure we'll start, figure we'll start with something kind of new. Um, also, I am alone today. Connor went to Denver, not here this week. I'm going solo, might be shorter, a little special for me. Not special for you. All right, so we're going to start off with some news. Um, first thing that comes to my mind, news-wise, is uh, Maui Ahuna getting reinstated and Vitello uh, lifting, lifting his suspension. I mean, he is probably going to be arguably their best offensive player this year. From from what I can tell, everything I'm hearing, um, really, really good at Kansas. Came to Tennessee, he's trying to show what he's about. I think that crowd today, really, when we're filming, and I'm filming on Tuesday, I bet the crowd goes absolutely bananas when he comes up to bat today they always love tony v and then the tennessee crowd really gets behind their guys um i think that'll definitely be something that, that's fun to watch and, and kind of see the attitude that tennessee comes out with today i think they'll kind of have a chip on their shoulder um and it'll be something that that kind of drives them towards the future and and having that that stable shortstop in the lineup even though jazz love has been been really good so far having a stable shortstop in the lineup who's it is somebody that's going to produce for you and, and be one of your top guys and when you're looking for a shortstop you're also looking for a leader i think uh Huna, from what i've seen with the with the dance pregame too is uh is probably one of those guys probably gonna lead by example to be that guy you can kind of look for next thing we're gonna talk about is the pitch clock now it was a thing last year for the pitchers but not really the hitters so the hitters never had to worry about getting in the box on time and and just being on time in general at all it was still kind of at their pace even though the pitchers had to be delivering in the 15 seconds or whatever it is um there still weren't many umpires that were really calling it at the same time you'll have you'd have a few that would call it but you could really just step off arm fake and and you'd be fine but this year i think we're seeing they're uh they're ramping it up a lot more um with that ramp up it's also catching a bunch of people off guard because the guys aren't fully used to it and as as the season goes along they'll all get used to it it won't even be a problem by the end of the year speeds the game up which is obviously good for baseball i think in the major league games it's already taken down from like 23 minutes in spring training which is which is huge if you're talking about a three-hour game compared to a two-hour and 30-minute game two-hour and 40-minute game i mean i heard uh jeff Passon talking about it yesterday he was talking about uh you look at like the runtime of a movie when it comes out before you go and it was like yeah of course like if a movie's three hours i'm probably not gonna go and it's the same thing you can't expect somebody to really watch three hours of baseball all the time um but i think the pitch clock's gonna be great for game of baseball and just the overall pace of play and um, you're definitely going to have some heated moments kind of wish that in like the eighth or ninth inning they would just take it away i mean like we saw the other day with um lsu and kansas state that's a terrible way to end the game even though it wasn't really that close of a game like there were guys on base you would love to have a rally like if if that comes to it that dude could have got a base knock could have got a couple doubles after that a bomb i mean who knows what could happen, but um, I mean, it's just part of the game now, and people are going to have to get used to it, and they will by the end of the year. But but so those you don't like seeing that be the ending of a late late inning close game. Uh, luckily, we haven't had really any of those yet, but um, hopefully that won't affect for too long. I think um, pitchers are already pretty used to it. Don't really see many pitchers take the full full 15 seconds. Um, I think the hitters, it's probably going to be more of an adjustment. 
period for, um, just because they haven't been dealing with it for a year, like like the the pitchers have. And for pitchers, slower pitchers, just like dictating the the running game, I would say is where it's probably going to affect it the most. Um, long holds, short holds, long holds will be a lot harder now to uh, do, especially with the pickoff rule too. Like if you can only pick off a certain amount of times, what's stopping that guy from taking the next base? I mean, I think it's really kind of a uh, hindrance on the pitcher controlling the run game. Yeah, I think I think overall it's going to be really good for baseball and, and it's kind of really good for everybody watching. Pitch clock is definitely something that has been all over the news this week. I mean, even Pat McAfee's talking about it. And if Pat McAfee's talking about baseball, it's it's probably something pretty serious um, in the game. And uh, hearing, hearing them talk about it was was entertaining and, and it was also good. Especially know that these guys are getting more excited about baseball. They're like, okay, they're the average average viewer. So if they're getting excited about it and knowing what's going on in baseball, that that's a good sign for the direction that baseball is headed in. I think the pitch clock is is helping that a ton. Bigger bases in the MLB will help that a ton. Um, not sure about the shift. Not sure how I feel about that yet. I don't think it'll be too bad, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. With pitch clock talking about LSU and Kansas State, I mean, it was a great game, but uh, it sucks to see it kind of end that way. Um, that's not the way anybody wants. Next piece of news that we got is Northwestern. Now, Kendall Rogers put out a tweet yesterday talking about Northwestern's two assistants, their their hitting coach and their pitching coach, so their two paid assistants were left the uh, left the program yesterday, um, as a team that's like zero and eight in the Big Ten, so and at a big conference, Power Five conference, to have only a head coach and volunteer assistant at zero and eight, and then this weekend they're going to play. Starting off 0-8, and then this weekend going down to Louisiana Tech. I mean, it's probably not great for them, I would imagine. I mean, Louisiana Tech's obviously a, a really, really good program, especially now, and uh, I had to guess they're probably going to be 0-11 by the end. Of the we lost a volley last year while while I was playing, and, and even that was tough. I mean, you have you have coaches go recruiting sometimes in season. You're stuck without a first base coach if, you're, if your manager chooses to be from the dugout. Which a lot of them do, and I think that uh, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Just have a head coach in a volley because there's so many. There's there's 35 guys for two of them to control all of it. It's going to be really really tough. I'm sure they'll find somebody to to come help and um, kind of make it a little bit easier and run smoother. But at the same time, if you're a player, you're almost helpless at that point. Like, how much can the coaching staff do for me? How much can I I do for them without the direction and uh, headspace that they're in? Right? I would imagine it's it's going to be a rough few weeks for Northwestern. At the same time. You, you never know. The guys could rally around it, and it could be kind of a building block for their program, and and we'll see. But uh, right now, it's not looking good for Northwestern. Another team that's not looking good for or did not look good for this past weekend was Texas A&M. Team that looked good for Portland. Portland looked unbelievable this weekend. They didn't just beat Texas A&M. Like it wasn't wasn't just close games. Like they whooped Texas A&M. Which is is very alarming if you're a Texas A&M fan, but at the same time, you don't want to overreact. Second weekend of the year, Texas A&M always going to be a good program. Schlossnagel always going to have good teams, but um, not a lot of bubbles this past week. I mean, the Texas A&M team did not show up. Got, I think, probably taken by surprise by Portland. You don't really know anything about them. They're the pilots. If you're in Texas A&M, you don't really ever see anything about Portland. You have no clue. You're kind of probably coming into the weekend expecting to roll over these guys. And they just put it on them. And uh, I thought that was uh, pretty crazy. When I saw the first score on Friday, I was extremely surprised. And then when I saw it Saturday, too, I was like, oh, my goodness. How did this happen? 
We got a lot of flack for leaving uh, Texas A&M in our top 10, but I think they're still a good enough program to where uh, this isn't going to affect them too much. And they might have lost a weekend series beginning of the year, non-conference, but I mean, really, as long as they make term up, they're fine. We saw that with Ole Miss last year. They were one of the last four teams in. Ended up winning the whole thing. So if you're a Texas A&M fan, I really wouldn't be worried about what's going on with the team and, and how they're developing right now. I would just forget about that weekend and just move forward. Because um, XA&M, they had the players. They proved it the weekend before where they can rake and, and just smash people. Everybody has an off weekend, and they'll be fine. Another team that got smacked, absolutely embarrassed at home this weekend. And um, thought UCF looked looked really, really good. Um, obviously, Clemson did not look good as they got daddy smacked all weekend. Swept at their home place, UCF celebrating at the end they go in they take their showers their their post-game showers they're like hey taking these in the football field we got the hill coming down where where clemson enters death valley can't not run down that hill and uh the video got out and uh that was that was an awesome moment i mean i'm sure a bunch of clemson fans are, are pissed off and saying they're getting disrespected or whatever but same time it's like don't get swept at your own home field and, and they're not gonna be running down that hill I mean, you can't really defend Clemson when uh, when UCF came in there and just ran the weekend. So run the weekend, you get to run down the hill at Clemson. Um, and I thought that that was that was incredible. Would love, absolutely love to see them meet in a regional. That would be unbelievable as we're kind of building storylines going towards the tournament. But yeah, I think that would just be UCF Knights are looking good, a lot better than I would have expected. We knew that would be decent, but with this past weekend, they look legit. Like, they look like a legit contender, top 25 team, something you wouldn't have expected with kind of the way they've been the past few years, but really took it to Clemson, kind of showed, hey, we're here to stay. We're going to be good, always. ECU, we picked them third in the American, and uh, with that, I mean, they're going to have have some good series, especially with Houston and um, ECU this year. I think those will be really fun. John Reese Plumley was actually the one that... Uh, they posted the video, and he um, was at Ole Miss, then came to UCF. I think he's a Florida guy, and uh, dual-sport athlete, played quarterback at Ole Miss and UCF, and I think he, he's kind of one of those guys that just gets the team rolling. I don't know that he uh, necessarily that, that talented on the baseball field or, or really helps him that much, but uh, I think in the dugout, he's probably their dude and um, kind of the kind of the leader of the team gets him rolling gets him going keeps the vibes high and this past weekend we actually had some some really good series i mean the ecu unc series was was unbelievable both games were, were really really good games um and uh ecu pulled out both of them which which i thought was a big deal for them i mean i'm sure sometimes they feel kind of like the little brother in the state of north carolina even though they're a perennial powerhouse but when you have two powerhouse programs it's, it's hard to compete with the one that has more money i think ecu just kind of showed unc like we don't we don't care that you got more money we got the better players we're gonna go outplay you and uh they did that even if it was friday where all the runs were pretty much scored in one inning for ecu and and kind of got outplayed for probably seven innings of the game i thought they looked really really good pitching looked good hitting looked good jenkins cower always looking good sailor always looking good but those guys are are probably gonna push them towards first having another really really good year probably being a regional host super regional host again they look like they're still that team um vanderbilt ucla also really really good all of our series that we decided to cover <laughs> to to pick last week ended up being 
having rubber matches on Sunday except for the ECU one. I thought the Vandy-UCLA was really good. It was what you expect from those two programs, both really disciplined programs, but but also exciting, especially UCLA on the mound, Vandy at the plate and on the mound. Um, I think just at the plate, Vandy was probably a little bit better than UCLA was, which was kind of what I was thinking going in. I knew, you know, both of them have really good arms, so um, it was kind of which offense do you think was going to do better and Especially here in Nashville, I think uh, Vandy's offense just kind of proved that they're forced to be reckoned with this year. They're not they're not the Vandy from last year where where they were young and still building. Like they have dudes now that are more experienced, more mature, that are, are kind of going to put it on their back. I mean, Enrique Bradfield breaking Vandy's all time steals record last weekend was was pretty crazy. Especially at the beginning of the year in your third year. Um, I don't think people realize how insane that is. He takes bags like nobody's business. But um, so next series we picked out last week was uh, Ole Miss, Maryland. Ole Miss taking it, losing Friday, winning Saturday, Sunday. I mean, thought it was kind of what you'd expect from this series. Maryland always really good. Ole Miss always really good. Maryland took the Friday night game, which which I didn't expect. And um, Ole Miss took Saturday, Sunday, which was probably exactly what they're looking for. You're looking for that. Right now you're just looking for your team to fight. You didn't see your teams fighting right now. Then, then you're probably set up for a pretty good spot in the future, uh, especially at Ole Miss with with that talent they have down there. Um, with the talent that they have down there, you know if they can fight, like they're gonna have a good year. A bunch of guys they don't have Tim Elko, so I think they're they're kind of looking for a leader. But Chatney looks like he's gonna be really good, and Tywon Malone looks absolutely electric. That dude is fantastic to watch. He's exciting. He's fun. He's funny. I mean, gonna enjoy watching those guys this year. I think um, Ole Miss is in for another really good year. Hoping to defend their title. Um, I don't really know much about this team yet, but uh, right now they look good. I mean, I haven't lost series yet. So kind of the next one we're talking about, we're getting back into the mid-majors like we were were talking about last week, like to put a focus on them. Um, Oral Roberts and Texas State. I mean, the talent that Texas State had last year and with what they did in the first weekend this year, I kind of thought this was going to be a supposed to be a good series, but almost a blowout series. And I thought it was going to go in the way of Texas State because, like I said, the talent they had last year, the the things we saw against Texas last year, the re- Super Regional with Stanford, those times are extremely important for this year. And I thought being battle tested, Texas State would would come in and kind of kind of dish it to Oral Roberts, but we're wrong. Or Roberts kind of came through on Saturday and Sunday. Almost the same thing as Ole Miss. Um, another team that is in a regional almost every year. I think they've won it like 20 out of the last 22 years in their conference. So um, Or Roberts, always a really good program. And, and they kind of showed like, hey, you might you might have gotten good this past few years, but we'll still show you we compete at the top level. And you're going to have to play your best to beat us. And I thought, especially Sunday, I was kind of expecting to be a close game. I tune in and it's 8-3 in, in the eighth and um, really surprised. It's a really, really good sign for Oral Roberts and Oral Roberts fans. I think Oral Roberts look really, really good. But yeah, I think I think overall, if you're Texas State, you shouldn't be too disappointed. I mean, Oral Roberts is a really, really good program, and they do this year in, year out. Um, Texas State is going to be really, really good again this year. They're they're going to compete in the Sun Belt and kind of see where that takes them. Then for the last, uh, the last series that we picked last week was um, Jacksonville State, Southern Illinois, and this is another one where I kind of thought it was going to be almost like a, a little bit of a blowout. I thought uh, Southern Illinois had had the a lot more talented team, but um, same time Jack State, from what I was watching, when I was watching, it looked like they just had a lot more fight. Jack State, 
wasn't as talented, obviously, like watching the games, but they use the talent they do have and they, they punch you in the mouth as often and as hard as they can. Um, they use the momentum, kind of swing. It's a lot of fight from that team. I think like watching them is actually pretty fun. Like um, TJ and AJ. <laughs> AJ Causey, TJ Reeves are, are both really good players and um, we picked them as, as some of our top guys for this year. And we, we kind of said it was the them show, them two show this year. But also you got the emergence of Michael Dallas, who transferred from uh, Kentucky to Jacksonville State this year. And he's going to be a big piece for him. I think that uh, a good bad to have in the lineup. He was offered multiple two-way scholarships in high school for um, football and or two sports scholarships in high school for football and baseball. So you know he's got that fight to him. He was a quarterback. Like we always had the old saying, like you want you want high school quarterbacks in your team because those are the guys that are going to lead and kind of push guys to to be better. Um, and I thought Jacksonville State really showed that. I thought they showed fight. I thought they showed character. I thought they played some really good baseball. And and overall, taking the weekend from SIU, who was a it was a, normally a really good team, especially the past past few years, um, was probably a big series win for them. One they were looking forward to at the start of the year. Next, we got this week's matchups that we're looking forward to. Um, first one we got is uh, South Carolina versus Clemson. I mean, this is always a really good matchup. Um, always something you kind of look forward to at the beginning of the year. First game this year is going to be at Clemson. So so that's huge for them, getting to stay at home. Second game, always in Greenville, South Carolina, and then uh, at a neutral site. And then um, third game at Carolina and um you know you always got those two in-state rivals like this is if you're from South Carolina this is the series that you're looking forward to you're kind of going across the state um to Columbia to Clemson Greenville I think um it's gonna be a really really good series uh my pick is Carolina just gotta think they can sneak one of the first two I think Sunday at home is gonna be hard for Clemson it's gonna be hard for Clemson to beat Carolina if Carolina's always good always got that place rocking at founders um and you know kind of kind of what you're gonna get from them they're looking like they're they're on the upswing Clemson does look good but uh after last week I think they're probably mentally not in the right spot and I think if, if Carolina can just take one of the first two they'll end up winning never predict a sweep but I think um be kind of the goal for for South Carolina is is they're going into this week I'm gonna take South Carolina. Next one we got is going to be Miami, Florida, which probably be rank rank wise probably going to be the best weekend of the series. I think or best series of the weekend. Um, Miami really really good. Florida from what we've seen might be the most talented team in the country. Um, Florida every year year in year out really really good. Same thing with Miami. But Florida's arms this year, especially the one they got from uh, from Southern Miss Waldrop, he looks lights out. He looks like he might be the best pitcher in college baseball. It might be between. M. Skeens, Dolander, and Burns. Um, but but those guys are going to be in it. I'm going to take Florida in this one. I don't think Miami has, has the firepower on the mound or at the plate. I think they're a really good team, but I think Florida will probably take two out of them. Next one, next three we got are kind of kind of mid-major, kind of not. Um, first one, we got Lipscomb versus Auburn. Obviously, going to be at Auburn, but um, I was going to pick a Pick a series where I think you're gonna to want to take the upset. I would I would definitely take this one. Um Lipscomb has has shown they've been really, really good this year. Took two out of three from Notre Dame, played really well this past weekend. Um, and just overall Lipscomb has, has looked really, really good and like a team that that's going to contend in the A Sun and may make a tournament run as well. Orhan's got the guys coached up. Um against Butch Thompson will be tough. Uh, but I think that's going to be it's a great head coach matchup. You got two two guys who have been in it for forever pretty much. Um Lipscomb has the opportunity that series. I think Lipscomb has the opportunity to take the series, although Auburn is probably a little bit more talented. I think Auburn um loses a lot of guys from last year, so a lot of their key guys. I mean, 
they lost the sheriff and and some other guys uh burkhalter i assume yeah auburn i think they have some question marks on the mound i don't know if they can get it done there and i think lipscomb's bats are, are kind of underrated for for what we've seen so far so i think lipscomb's actually got a really good chance to go in Definitely, in my opinion, definitely win a game, possibly take the series. I think the, uh, the Auburn team might be a little over overrated by some. Um, I just don't think they're as, as good as people think. So I'm I'm going to take Auburn, but I would not be surprised if Lipscomb came in and, and took that series. If I was if I was gonna put money on it, I would put it on Lipscomb every day because they're probably gonna take one game and you're probably gonna get your money back. Um, so next thing we got is Georgia Southern versus UCF. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really, really good series, especially with what we've seen from UCF last week. I mean, we always know Georgia Southern is going to be really good. They got Ty Fisher coming back on the mound. Friday night guy from last year, he had like a no-hitter in the ninth in the, in the regional against UNC uh, Wilmington or Greensboro, one of the two. But he's always going to be good. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get strikes, probably 88-89 on Friday, just popping the zone, flipping breakers in. Um, it's kind of his M.O., so so he's he's really solid on the mound. You're always gonna get competitiveness, consistency from him. But I think with uh with UCF this past weekend, it's gonna be hard to to kind of pick a winner in this one. I think Georgia Southern looks really, really good, and I think UCF looks really, really good. Georgia Southern dropping one last week to Georgia Tech wasn't wasn't great, but I think they they had the lead for most of the game and until late, so I think they're still feeling good. Had a good weekend this past weekend. But um for this one I'm gonna take Georgia Southern. Really it's it's coin flip. Um, I think it being at UCF definitely helps. UCF UCF being at home, they want to show out. There'll probably be a big crowd after last weekend. When you take a series, when you sweep Clemson, it's going to bring in more fans. Um, UCF could could make a make a statement here if they beat Georgia Southern. I think that's a huge statement for UCF and just kind of starts them on a roll for for the beginning of their season. So I think that'll be a an interesting matchup. And then for the uh, for the last matchup of the week, we have Texas State versus Grand Canyon. I mean, I feel like these two are probably <laughs> I've been in a lot so far, but um, these are two of the top kind of uh, group of five and mid-major teams that, that we have. We don't have Texas State technically as a as a mid-major because they're in the Sun Belt, but um, they're close. They have a lot more money than uh, than normal, but I would say even Grand Canyon probably has a lot more money than, than normal, but they're they're in a conference that, that uh, we deemed a mid-major conference. Um, but I think this is going to be really good. Texas State, obviously really good. Coming off the Oral Roberts loss, they'll want to prove something. And then Grand Canyon, really, really good from what we've seen so far. I mean, Jacob Wilson looks like an absolute stud. I know if I was I was looking for a shortstop as an MLB team, he would definitely be my guy to take this year. I think he's solid. I think he's a leader. I think he, he knows what he's doing. He's been in baseball his whole life. Dad's a coach. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for. Uh, but I think Grand Canyon probably takes this at their home field, and I think that's probably going to be what's best. And yeah, I think Grand Canyon is going to take this take this series and make another statement when, I mean, from what I've seen so far, I think Grand Canyon is going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. Shown to be really, really good so far, and I think that crowd's going to come out again like it, like it did against Tennessee. And that's all we got for this one. I know it's probably a little bit shorter, but um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you kind of see my insights on everything, and uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and don't miss next week.